Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. This is our SEC basketball and other conferences, it don't matter, uh, tournament spectacular preview show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, Joe, well, for the biggest tournament, the NCAA tournament, we had some huge news come out today that there will be no fans outside of, uh, I believe, family members for the players and necessary support staff that will be allowed at the NCAA tournament basketball games uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak. And it be really interesting to see what happens now with all of these different games in March Madness being played with no fanfare. Yeah, Dan, it's going to be very peculiar on so many levels because, first and foremost, the earlier rounds of the NCAA basketball tournament are always uh, highly attended by fans. And then uh, second, you see uh, the Final Four in the National Championship game is always played in a football stadium that's uh, converted for basketball purposes for that event, event. And this year, the Final Four is supposed to be in Atlanta at the same football stadium where the Falcons play their games. So I'm really interested to see if the venue is moved to a smaller site, like maybe Phillips Arena, where uh, the Atlanta Hawks play or uh, either Georgia Tech's arena, because they definitely will not need um, a large facility that would give a waste of uh, electricity and resources to have that open and basically vacant. Well, let me ask you, Joe, if no one comes to the national championship game in the new Georgia Dome, will it be any different than any other Falcons home game? Yeah, I mean, and that is ironically the stadium that in the past they've been accused of uh, pumping in uh, crowd noise and volume into that stadium because the fans were not loud enough. So a lot of irony there. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you know, the elephant in the room is whether the NCAA tournament is still even played. I mean, right now we'll talk about this a little bit more later when we get into our uh, professional sports segment in our second half of the show. But the NBA tonight, breaking news, has suspended their season uh, because uh, one of their players, uh, Rudy Gobert, has tested positive for the coronavirus. And so, you know, it's still kind of premature to assume that the NCAA tournament will actually be played on time, scheduled. And even if it is, we see this news today that the fans uh, are not going to be a part of it. Yeah, this is weird. I mean, uh, it seems like every time you have an election year, you have some kind of outbreak of a deadly disease, SARS, avian flu, goes down the list. However, you've never seen it taken to this level to where they were canceling major sporting events. So we'll see where that goes. If there's no NCAA tournament, then it's going to be interesting to see what we talk about the next few shows. No, no doubt. I mean, it's weird because so many times for me, you know, I keep up with politics. You know, I've always been interested in those types of topics. But there are times, you know, where I try to stay away from polarizing subjects. And I look at sports, and I think we both kind of feel this way at times, having this show, this podcast. You look at sports as a way to get away from the negativity, you know, a way to uh, talk about something and be distracted by something that is happier more optimistic, and now we see um, this pandemic, uh, and in some ways even a political issue, if you will, kind of infiltrating uh, the sports world, and you really can't get away from it. No, and really right now, the only conference that hasn't completely bought into the coronavirus and 
you know, taking all the precautions that, you know, others have taken is the SEC. Because right now you're having the SEC basketball tournament in Nashville. And I know they're doing stuff like they have, they have hand sanitizer everywhere and they're cleaning all the seats after every single game. But yet they're actually still allowing fans. And I know, uh, I think a lot of the other conference tournaments have, have banned fans, kind of like what they're doing in the CA tournament right now. Yeah, that's right. I know the Big West Conference was one of the first ones to ban fans uh, as far as attendance this week. And even the Ivy League went as far as to cancel their tournament and to allow the teams that won the regular season titles and the men's and women's ranks, respectively, to represent those conferences as the automatic bid in the upcoming tournaments. Yeah, well, let's speak about the SEC basketball tournament, the only one that's still allowing fans that we know of right now. And I think it's a pretty wide-open tournament right now. I mean, Kentucky's been the best team in the league for most of the season after Auburn trailed off in the middle of it. But they lost a game to Tennessee uh, within their last two and hasn't played as sharp since they they beat Auburn. And, you know, of course, they're the odds-on tournament favor right now. Uh, You've got uh, Auburn as the number two seed, LSU and Florida – or LSU's number three, then Mississippi State and Florida's at five. And right now, Joe, you've only got four teams that are locked into the tournament, that being Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, and LSU. And then you've got three teams that appear to have some sort of shot to get in, that being Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And really, it seems like the only two that have a realistic chance are Mississippi State and South Carolina. Um, there's been some talk about Arkansas maybe making a move, but with the way the SEC is being looked at and Arkansas, I believe, being the number 12 seed in the conference, hard for me to imagine the Hawks can do enough to get in outside of winning the actual SEC tournament. No, absolutely. I think Arkansas is too little too late, and largely because they had some injuries to some key players during the middle of the season, and that really dug them too deep of a hole. Now, I will say, going back to the discussion over South Carolina versus Mississippi State, what was kind of odd last week is that um, South Carolina defeated Mississippi State in a midweek game, and it looked like uh, the Gamecocks had all the momentum as far as kind of being in the driver's seat to get um, that extra bid for the SEC. And then you saw South Carolina suffer an inexplicable loss to Vanderbilt mm-hmm. on Saturday to really hurt their resume. And you saw on the flip side, Mississippi State bounce back and kind of surprisingly dominate Ole Miss when some people thought Ole Miss actually might pull off that upset. So kind of a weird week. Uh, neither team really got any momentum. And so now uh, South Carolina and State both had a lot of work to do. I will say that Mississippi State is the four seed in the tournament. And so that only thing is that um, they do not play until the quarterfinal round. And so you would assume that whoever their opponent is will probably be, you know, a decent um, RPI booster, whereas uh, South Carolina having to play, I think, the winner of the 11-14 game, they're not going to get that opportunity right off the bat. Right, so right now, if you're Mississippi State or South Carolina, you've got some cheering to do. Right now, South Carolina is looking like they are going to have the chance to get a quad two win because Arkansas is beating Vanderbilt by 13 right now, and South Carolina will get the chance to get a victory over Arkansas to add to their uh, resume. Mississippi State is going to play the winner of Georgia and Florida, 
And so if you're a state fan, then you absolutely want Florida to win this game because Florida appears to be either a virtual lock to the tournament or pretty, pretty close to being a virtual lock. And if you can beat Florida, that'll be a, I think that'd be a quad two win because, well, no, it'd be a quad one win because it's a, uh, it's a neutral side game. And so that would maybe do enough to get Mississippi State in. They may have to win another game and make it to the finals. But if Georgia wins that game, then Mississippi State winning that does little to nothing, and they would have to win the next one. No, absolutely. And then that uh, next game would probably be against Kentucky, the one seed, since uh, Mississippi State's the four. So obviously if they beat Kentucky at that point, I think they're definitely in. But that is definitely uh, not an enviable task. No. Um, what will be interesting to see is if Tennessee beats Alabama, if Tennessee can beat Kentucky again. They're a hard team to beat twice in a row, but that would be pretty devastating, I think, for Mississippi State also. However, if, if Tennessee were to beat Kentucky, then beat a Florida or a Mississippi State, with them being a one seed in last year's tournament and doing pretty good lately under Rick Barnes, you got to think that maybe they'll get a better look if they make it to the tournament championship game. Yeah, I mean, they had an outside chance. Um, I think that the Rick Barnes name recognition also helps Tennessee because he's a guy that, you know, has coached uh, successfully at Texas, um, took them to a Final Four. And so, you know, even though he's now at an SEC school, you know, you always feel like, you know, a lot of these other conferences like the Big 12 and the ACC sometimes get that that respect that the SEC doesn't get. Yeah, and, you know, the problem the SEC has, Joe, is that of all the teams that they have that are on the outside looking in right now, Mississippi State is the only one that has 20 wins. And so I really think that if Mississippi State can win one game in this tournament against a team like Florida, then I think they should be able to get in. I, I would say that if I was a Mississippi State fan, I would feel pretty good about my chances because Mississippi State made the tournament last year. They have a well-known coach who's also taken multiple teams to the Final Four and Ben Howland. And with having uh, Rick, having Perry on their team, who's a really solid player, first team All-SEC, I think that they have a good argument if they can beat one more quad one team. Well, for sure. I mean, Reggie Perry, you know, is a recognizable talent. He's the type of player that fans want to see, you know, whether they're watching it at home, like we'll be forced to, they want to see that type of player on the biggest stage in March Madness. And, um, you know, also I think when you compare them to South Carolina's roster, kind of lacking uh, that household name, that definitely gives uh, Mississippi State the leg up in that discussion. Um, but at the end of the day, what makes it tough for not only SEC bowl teams, but bowl teams around the nation, is that we, of course, over the weekend in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, saw the shocking upset with San Diego State going down to Utah State. And so Utah State undoubtedly stole a bid from a bowl team. And so that's one less bid or um, tournament appearance to go around. That's right, Joe. Well, looking at the, the way the conference tournament is set up with the brackets, who do you like to win the finals this year and take home the banner of SEC tournament champion? I'm going to say that it's Kentucky. Um, I've seen Cal Perry do it um, a few times in the past, um, even in years where he didn't have the best uh, record in the conference during the regular season. I've still seen him win the conference tournament. Um, I do think there are some um, tough challengers in this field. 
Um, I would think that Florida could actually even upset them in the semifinals, except I think that Kerry Blackshear may miss the tournament. He's questionable after he got injured um, against Kentucky last week. Um, Auburn would probably be my other candidate to upset Kentucky. That's probably who they'll end up playing in the championship game, either Auburn or LSU. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, Kentucky will win. Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, the favorite is, is definitely Kentucky. I, I kind of think this is going to be a year where you see a dark horse win it. Um, I probably would have gone with Florida as my dark horse if Blackshear was playing. But I'm going to kind of take a surprise pick right here, and I'm going to go with uh, I think Mississippi State's going to win it. Because I think LSU is, is kind of taking a couple steps back, and I think whoever wins between South Carolina and LSU, I think they'll probably uh, be able to – to beat Auburn the way they're playing right now. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. whoever wins from South Carolina LSU would play Auburn. And I think you'll get one of those teams in the championship. I'm going to go ahead and say probably LSU. And I think Mississippi State's going to play with a purpose to be able to make it to the end. And I think Perry's going to have a great tournament. And I think you're going to see the Bulldogs come out with the SEC tournament championship just so that we can get another 15 then. Well, you know, that would be kind of that shining moment that State fans have been waiting for with Ben Howland. You know, he's five years into his tenure. I kind of expected, you know, more success even than what he's had. And so that would be a big moment for him. And, you know, we, we'll probably talk about this more in the weeks to come, but with, uh, you know, fans not being allowed at some of these tournament games, and I kind of look for the SEC to – not allow fans to probably be there for some of these later round games or the championship game on Sunday, that kind of lends itself to some uh, flukiness probably mm-hmm. happening on court because you won't have teams like Kentucky with a lot of fans in the building. So that can absolutely allow a team like Mississippi State to surprise everybody and win the championship. Yeah, because you look at it, the other one that would be an issue for fans being a national would be Tennessee. And if we're not going to have fans there in the later rounds, it's not going to make much of a difference for them either. So, yeah, I definitely see this as kind of a dark horse year. And I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. I think they're going to they're gonna pull it out with uh, some good inside play and get the upset on this one. Um, okay. Moving on, Joe, next we're going to talk about the ACC tournament. Uh, right now, of course, the big Cinderella story is what can North Carolina do? Uh, it was great in the first round. They were able to take out Virginia Tech. But sadly, right now, it looks like they're coming back to earth as Syracuse is beaten by 19 points at halftime and pretty indicative of the season that North Carolina has when it shocks me to say this, but they are the last seed in the ACC tournament. Uh, really rough season for Roy Williams. And really just kind of hard to understand that you're right now looking at a North Carolina team that is the worst team in the ACC. It's really weird, Dan. You especially look at the talent on that roster, so unexpected. You have Garrison Brooks returning. He's an all-SEC caliber performer. And then, of course, most notably, you have Cole Anthony, who is um, a five-star recruit, potentially a lottery pick in the NBA draft. And the Tar Heels have just not played well all season. It's been uh, the most difficult coaching job for Roy Williams probably in his entire career, dating back to his days uh, when he first started at Kansas. But at the end of the day, you know, North Carolina is the type of team that could surprise everybody, you know, and pull off something like this. But 
based on uh, the score that you indicated, uh, down by 19 to Syracuse. Doesn't look like it's in the cards tonight. And then the other factor at play is that even if they were able to mount an amazing comeback and win tonight, they still would have to win three more games in three days. So that would be a total of five games in five days. And the only team I can ever remember doing that in a conference tournament is UConn with Kimba Walker back mm-hmm. in 2011. But if you can do it, it gets you on quite a streak. And, of course, they were able to win a national championship that year based on just an amazing streak that they put together with Kimba Walker. So we'll see. I mean, that was a great Big East, too, the year they won it. Yeah. But looking at it, Joe, um, you know, you got your one seed is Florida State. Uh, Duke is surprisingly a four seed. Virginia, which for probably three-quarters of the season looked like a team that's not even going to make the tournament, has made a great run lately and is starting to look like they might be a three or a four seed in the tournament. And I think Virginia is, is my team to beat in the ACC right now. Of course, they won the championship last year. Were the number one seed that lost to Baltimore and Maryland the year before that. But right now, it looks like Bennett Ball is getting back into play. I think they won a game the other night, like 46 to 45. And it's just such a difficult style of basketball to play that just frustrates you. And with it being in full swing right now, I think I'm going to go with the Cavaliers to take out uh, the ACC tournament this year. No, I mean, that's a good pick. I mean, I think they're the, the number two seed in the tournament. And then you have um, Florida State playing really well, kind of surprising a lot of people in winning the ACC regular season title on the strength of the team under Leonard Hamilton that plays great defense, that has a lot of depth. They rotate guards in and out. They run the full-court press defense that's suffocating on offenses. So they're a team that I can see out of the ACC making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. But also kind of looking at some challengers uh, pulling this out, I'm going to say that Louisville ends up winning the conference tournament. Uh, They were ranked as high as number one earlier in the season. They're an upperclassman, senior-laden team, and I think that they'll be able to win this. Okay. And uh, surprisingly, neither one of us mentioned Duke. Duke's been in kind of a free fall lately. And I think that uh, right now, if you were to be a be a six seed, that they're the kind of team that you would love to play in the third round of the tournament. If you if you were to make it to the Sweet 16, that'd be the kind of two seed you want to be able to play. Oh, it's a, it's a difficult year to project what Duke will do because they have some good players like Stanley and Trey Jones who won ACC Player of the Year, but there's just something about them. You kind of feel like, like they're right to be upset. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a year where maybe Duke goes out in the second round or maybe even the first round of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, moving on to uh, this would be the Big 12. Uh, this is kind of an interesting conference. Of course, uh, they've got two presumptive one seeds right now in Kansas, who's the number one overall seed. And then Baylor, who's been kind of a surprising uh, top four team the entire season. And so, Joe, what are, you, what are you looking at right now for the Big 12 tournament? I think it's absolutely going to be Kansas that's going to win the conference tournament. A couple of weeks ago, I might have gone with Baylor, but they've been in a little bit of a slump. Uh, winning, I think, two losing, excuse me, losing two out of their last three games. Uh, 
got upset against West Virginia over the weekend on the road. I don't really like how they're playing basketball heading into the postseason. They do remind me a lot stylistically at Florida State with uh, the depth, um, with the ability to run the full-court press defense. But what I don't like about Baylor is they really lack size Mm -hmm. on the interior. They only have one big man, a Gillespie, that gives them a lot of production inside. So I think that's going to make them make it difficult for them, not only in the NCAA tournament, but starting out in this conference tournament with Kansas and other teams like that, having uh, plenty of big men, uh, most notably Otsubuki. Yeah, I think so too, Joe. I don't like Baylor to win this tournament. Um, what I find interesting as well is I think Kansas is definitely going to run through this tournament and win it, but is what happens in the Texas-Texas Tech game. Because I kind of think right now that might be a play-in game to get in the NCAA tournament, which is kind of shocking because Texas Tech, of course, last year made it all the way to the championship game and they lost to Virginia. But they've had a weird year. They've got a high RPI in 22-22, yet – I think they have a losing record in the Big 12, and they've got like a 7-14 and record in quad one and quad two wins, which is kind of hard, in my opinion, to put a team in that's got that much of a losing record against the best teams in quad. Yeah, Texas reminds me a little bit of how we've talked about Mississippi State under Ben Allen. You know, Shaka Smart's been to a Final Four at VCU. I think everybody kind of expected him to go to Texas and just take the lead by storm. And he's kind of, you know, had seasons where they're just kind of in the middle of the pack, kind of flirting with the tournament, nothing overwhelming about their roster, kind of just, you know, in that uh, stage of mediocrity. They have some work to do. And Texas Tech is another interesting team. Uh, the national runner-up, let's not forget, last year, they returned a couple of their players from that team. But, you know, they're a team that maybe if there's a sleeper, I would say it's Texas Tech for the Big Football Tournament. Yeah, you gotta you gotta favor Texas Tech in that game against Texas, and you gotta think that with all the pride they have from last year's run to the championship game, that they're gonna make a, a run now when it matters towards getting them in the tournament and towards getting a little uh, momentum going into it. Yeah, but right now for this tournament, while I think Texas Tech may make a deep run in it, gotta stick with Kansas and Azubuike and, and Denson and just all the talent they have there. Yeah, a lot of chalk, rock chalk. Yeah, rock chalk. All right, moving on, the Big Ten, which, you know, I guess they're calling it the Big Ten now because they're going to get ten teams into the NCAA tournament. Because <laughs> apparently they're just that much better than everybody else. Uh, Joe, before we talk about who's going to win the Big Ten, I want to talk about an interesting case study in terms of how much they're being overvalued for what conference they are, and that's Indiana. Uh, of course, Indiana, I, I would call them the blue blood in college basketball. I heard an interesting thing today that kind of compared Indiana basketball to Nebraska football in that it's almost been as long in, in Nebraska football since they were nationally relevant as it has been for Indiana. And Indiana, of course, you know, they had the one year with Tom Crean where they were a one seed. Um, I can't think of that, that player they had from the NBA that, that was really good that was on their team. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, Oladipo, that's right. That Oladipo, and they were really good. It was when we were in law school. But really, outside of that, Indiana has been a non-starter for pretty much the last 20 years, ever since Bobby Knight left. So it's interesting to see right now the fact that they're an 11 seed in the Big Ten tournament. I think they have a losing record in conference, and it's like three or four games below 500. I think they're like 7-11 in conference. 
yet right now they're still slated to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I know there's been, you know, kind of a Twitter war between Joe Lenardi and Archie Miller about that debate. Uh, we were talking about before the show, neither one of us thinks that a team that finishes with sub-500 record in conference play is worthy of making the NCAA tournament. I think that's too much of a degree of mediocrity and should not be rewarded regardless of the uh, supposed depth of your conference. But going back to Indiana specifically, that's a good parallel and analogy to Nebraska football when you're talking about Indiana basketball. Because over the last 20 years, they haven't done a whole lot. We talked about the year when they had Oladipo. I think they made it to a Final Four in 2002 and lost to Maryland maybe in the national championship game. But people that are 20 years old don't remember that. And so you could argue that Gonzaga, you know, a mid-major program, has been more of a blue blood since Indiana over the last 20 years. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so yeah. Indiana, you know, they've got some work to do as a program, and I still think they have some work to do in the uh, Big Ten tournament to solidify their appearance. Yeah, I think so too, Joe. I mean, looks like they're going to beat Nebraska tonight, which is not really saying much because Nebraska, I think, is getting players off their football team to play on their basketball team right now because it's so depleted. Um, and I think if Indiana were to beat Penn State, then they're going to be very securely in. Right now, I think the win over Nebraska puts them in a good spot, but not a great spot. Um, looking at this conference tournament, Joe, I know Wisconsin sitting there, the number one seed. Yet again, we talk about style of play, and of course, Wisconsin is much more similar to Virginia's style with Tony Bennett and always tough to play against. But I got to like Michigan State and what could be Tom Izzo's last year with Cassius Winston, who's maybe the best point guard we've seen, at least in sporty land, since the days of Magic Johnson. So I like Michigan State to come out of this tournament with the victory. Yeah, I think Michigan State has to be the, the pick. They're the preseason number one team. They've stumbled a little bit. They're getting hot late. If it's not them, I mean, maybe you consider like an Ohio State. Illinois could be a sleeper. They actually have a chance to make it to the tournament this year. But Michigan State has to be the odds-on favorite. And I did see that kind of surprisingly and comically, you know, last summer we were having a discussion about Rutgers and uh, the struggles of their all of their athletic programs and actually see where Rutgers men's basketball is expected right now to make the NCAA tournament. Man, they are really overselling the Big Ten right now if you're going to put Rutgers in. If Rutgers wins a game in the NCAA tournament, then I'll have to find some kind of like Rutgers hat or something. I'll order one online to wear it and be the only person in South Alabama that has Rutgers anything. Well, I saw the, like, I think they've won 20 games this year. 18 of their wins are at home. I've never heard of a team with that many wins at home compared to being on the road. Well, I mean, obviously it's that raucous uh, home arena they have in, in Trenton, New Jersey, that gets an average of three and a half fans per game that's just getting them over the edge right now. Uh, yeah. and, you know, we'll see, Joe. If, if Rutgers makes an NCAA tournament good, I guess, you know, it's because they've been listening to our show and realizing how much we hate on their overall athletic product they put out in every single sport, so... Good luck to the Scarlet Knights. I hope they make the tournament. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I definitely like Michigan State. And, you know, outside of that, uh, Maryland's obviously had a, a much better year than they have in the past. But definitely look for maybe a team like Penn State to come through. They've been a good basketball team this year, and they've been good in the non-conference, too. I know they beat Alabama pretty handily. Uh 
They also have been pretty consistently in the top 20. Interesting to see what Penn State's doing in basketball this year. For sure. And I also like that you mentioned Maryland. I would say that I picked them to play Michigan State for the, for the championship game. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good pick right there. All right, Joe. Well, it looks like we've got the conference tournaments pretty well in hand right now. Um, you know, in closing right now, Joe, if you think there is going to be one more team from the SEC, are you sticking with Mississippi State as, as your team as well? I think it would have to be State if there is one, but don't be surprised if they don't get an extra team in because, like I was saying earlier, with the, the Utah State upset with that, you know, burst somebody's bubble, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's, if it's an SEC team, especially with um, all of the love they're getting right now um, to the Big Ten. That's right, Joe. What about if, uh, if it comes down to the last team in between Mississippi State and Rutgers? How embarrassed would you be as a state fan if they ended up choosing Rutgers over you? And I think they would. You know, it's kind of like Northwestern three years ago. You know, everybody was really wanting them in the tournament because they had not been in the tournament ever, I think, as a program. And so I think that people would want Rutgers because I don't think they've been to the NCAA tournament in almost 30 years. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember looking that up. That it was like in the early 90s or something was the last time they went. Well, Joe, with that being said, uh, appreciate all of our listeners for our college show. We're about to do our pro show right after this. Uh, you can catch all of our old episodes. I'll be uh, uploading some tonight on Spotify. Follow us on the Dan and Joe Sports Show on Spotify to see all of our old episodes we have. You can also follow us on Facebook. Always posting some good stuff on there from current events and, and different things. I posted a really good video of uh, Derek Brown the other day. It was pretty funny that he made for his recruit, for his uh, NFL hype video. And uh, everything you need to know on Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. Yeah, I'm Joe.